0: Good morning church it's good to see you last week matt blessed us with great sermon and conclusion of our
1: psalms of summer series the bumper for that we call it the bumper little video intro that allows the the music team to depart the stage and whoever's preaching to to get on the stage and to set up for you to settle in, get your Bibles out as a reflective time. And uh, that particular song sung was from the famous Psalm 150. And I enjoyed it each week,
0: whether here with you or watching from afar. I want to read it to you now. Praise the Lord. Praise God in his sanctuary. Praise him in
1: his mighty heavens. Praise him for his mighty deeds. Praise him according to his excellent greatness. Praise Him with trumpet sound. Praise Him with lute and harp. Praise Him with tambourine and dance. Praise Him with strings and pipe. Praise Him with sounding cymbals. Praise Him with loud, crashing cymbals. Let everything that has
0: breath praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Amen. Before I share, I want to share
1: praise to God for his mighty work in our brother in Christ, Lucas Highfill. In case you don't know, my middle son Parker and Lucas are the best of friends. And so Jennifer and I have had the special joy of having Lucas in our home in and
0: for much of our life and days in these recent years. We couldn't be more thrilled to see God's saving work in Lucas
1: and are excited to serve our King together for many years to come, brother. Lord willing, Seth and Kristen, thank you for allowing us to be part of your son's life and faith journey. It's truly
0: an honor for our family and all the kids feel that way too. Piper, It's a true joy to be church family together, amen?
1: Walk this road together in all of God's precious ways and all glory to God for his work in all of us. Church, thank you for sabbatical. Um, Years ago, our church committed to re-up. Our commitment to an investment into hopefully a long run ministry. As of late, I've seen a lot of posts and talk about pastors who are tapping out,
0: who are burned out, who who don't love the church anymore. They want to do something different. Who are becoming
1: disqualified. Um, There's so many threats on the church and then especially on shepherds. And so this is a way that you invest into me and our elders. Um, Rob, Steve, thank you for carrying the mail this summer as non-paid elders who have full-time jobs and families and do so
0: much. Church, can, we, can you join me in expressing gratitude to our elders? Love you guys. It's just a simple investment into, hopefully, a long run. This is
1: my 22nd year at the church. I hope to have at least 22 more. Um, Every five years, the church is committed to give me three months off to rest, to shut the machinery off of all of the prep and and leading and, and the role of shepherding and counseling and walking and carrying burdens and... All the joy of what it is to do that job, but with a real toll. And so there's a a wise call to rest that the Lord gives us in Scripture um, that we build upon for sabbatical. This particular summer for me was different than the last. Uh, The last, I spent a lot of time on the motorcycle. I had a lot of time with the Lord in my helmet. 6,000 miles, I think I put on the bike my last sabbatical. and I played a lot of golf that summer. That was also very good for me to get out in creation among the city. But this summer was different. I, except for my trip last week to Colorado, I don't think I spent a day apart from at least one of my family members. This, this summer was really for the family. It was Jennifer and I's acknowledgement of where the kids are at and their growth and development that I would just really be so very present not distracted and pulled away and giving all of time and attention and study and uh, play time together with jennifer and the kids so i'm thankful thank you for your love for my family pray for them pray for what that meant for them um this is a picture in front of the little museum in paso where we spent a lot of our
0: summer so family is growing quickly Thank you. Love you. I'm very grateful Um,
1: and excited to be back, excited to be here. I love what I do. Um, I love to labor with you and for the glory of the Lord for all that He's called us to. Before my summer sabbatical, um, we finished a Sunday sermon journey through Paul's letter to Titus. Before that, we spent many months, years in the letter of John letters of John. Before that, Paul's letter to the Ephesians. What a great and special time that was. Before that, the letter of James. If you remember, that was the series we launched our new campus in 2018. Before that, from 2016 to 2018, we spent 88 sermons, I believe, in the gospel of John. Um, what a precious time that was. I've greatly rejoiced in the mighty work that God has done in our church and beyond through many of the pastoral epistles we've studied in these recent years. And as I've been praying about what's next, what's to follow sabbatical for where we would go in God's word together, I felt in preparation that the Lord would have us to get back to a fresh and heavy dose of looking
0: at Christ, of studying Christ, his life, his death, his resurrection, his teaching, his ways. And so
1: it's a joy to, to announce this morning that starting next Sunday, we will jump into a long study of the gospel of Luke. So I'm excited about that. Excited about that time with you. Encourage you to be jumping into Luke's gospel and beginning to ready yourself. You will quickly become familiar with passages that, that we've spent time in, and rightfully so beautiful testimony of the good news of our Lord Jesus Christ, his works and his ways. Um, Surely God will do many important and needed things in us all as we dig into this incarnate testimony of our Lord Jesus. All glory to him. So come ready next week. We'll start together. Before I dive into Luke, though, I wanted to have a Sunday morning just to preach what I felt like the Lord was doing in me, Show you know uh, moving in me and inspiring me in my time with him and just praying lord what what does our church need we've spent a real sweet time this summer looking at the realities of of lament and hardship and 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 praise and trusting jesus in the psalms what might be uh what you would have for us, Lord, in this single Sunday as we transition. So this Summer All Church is a perfect time to do it. So if you grab your Bibles and turn with me to Acts chapter 5, I want to look at a small three verses there with you and really exegete that text to set the table for those verses. Um, In Acts 1, before ascending to heaven, Jesus commissioned his church, his blood-bought people, to spread the good news of his saving grace in their city, in their region, and beyond. We're going to come back to why that was a serious call in many ways and not easy, more than I think we realize often what that meant for those early church folks. The good news, the apostles in the other church were faithful to, to heed the Lord's call on their lives just as we should be today. The context of this passage we're going to look at today in chapter 5 is that the early church apostles, leaders, folks are are testifying the gospel in Jerusalem as they were instructed to. And many were coming to saving faith in Christ. The high priest and the Sadducees were filled with jealousy and rage at the growing conversion of Jews to Christianity. So they arrested the apostles, put them in prison. But during the night, the angel of the Lord appeared, opens the prison doors to bring them out so they could go back to the public square and preach the gospel boldly to testify of the good news of Jesus. When the Jewish leaders heard of this, they devised a plan and brought them back to the official council. After discussing the strategy, this is what happened. Acts 5, 27-32. High priests questioned them, saying, We strictly charged you not to teach in this name. Yet here you have filled Jerusalem with your teaching, and you intend to bring this man's blood upon us. But Peter and the apostles answered, We must obey God rather than men. The God of our fathers raised Jesus, whom you killed by hanging on a tree. God exalted him at his right hand as leader and savior to give repentance to Israel and forgiveness of sins. And we are witnesses to these things and so is the Holy Spirit whom God has given to those who obey him. It goes on to say that when the Jewish officials heard this, they were enraged. And this is where we get the three verses I want to preach today. Acts 5 40 through 42. When they had called in the apostles, they beat them
0: and charged them not to speak in the name of Jesus and let them go. Then
1: they left the presence of the council, rejoicing that they were counted worthy to suffer dishonor for the name. And every day in the temple and from house to house, they did not cease teaching and preaching that the Christ is Jesus. Disciples Church, life is hard and full of real suffering.
0: If that's new news to you, you have not been studying the word of God and you've been living under a rock. Why? Why is it so hard? Because of the fallen nature of this world.
1: The unavoidable truth is because of sin in this world, we will struggle and suffer. The Lord was clear to our federal head, Adam, and his wife, Eve, that if they chose sin, it would mean death. It would mean consequences for their life and for all of this creation. Listen to God. Give those consequences after they're choosing sin. Genesis 3, 16 through 19, just after the Proto-Evangelion declaring the gospel victory Jesus will have over the enemy and over sin, he says to the woman, I will surely multiply your pain in childbearing. In pain, you shall bring forth children. Your desire shall be contrary to your husband, and he shall rule over you. I could preach all of this, church. The pain of not only giving birth to children, but to raising children in a
0: sin-filled world. Raising little sinners, the pain of how oneness struggles because of our sin in marriage.
1: All the ways we betray it instead of cause it to thrive.
0: We shun our roles instead of treating them as highly profitable and valuable. For out of it you were taken, for you are dust, and to dust you shall return. Church, this creation is fallen. And we are a people who struggle because of our fallen flesh and sin. So Peter says in 1 Peter 4.12, this has all
1: been made clear. Do not be surprised at the fiery trial when it comes upon you to test you as though something strange were happening to you. Church, we know these things. Don't be surprised as if something strange were happening as we're tested by fiery
0: trials. But here's the problem. As Western spoiled Americans, we often are very surprised. Maybe saying lately, where did I go wrong? I didn't deserve, what I do to deserve this? God, why are you doing this to me? Why are these things that, that once worked the way I wanted them to work, not working the way I want them to work? I've shared with you before, the Western mindset is we want life to work right.
1: We feel owed that. If I do good things and right things, then I, then I should get good things and right things. We want life to be predictable. We want it to be orderly. We want it to be obedient to the rules. How often are you clinging to that as your hope, your joy? And then when that doesn't go that way, you are just undone. In front of your kids, in front of your spouse, in front of your work associates,
0: there's not enduring joy in you. You're undone all the time because of those circumstances. We think the rule is, if I live right, good things should happen. If I live poor, surely consequences, okay. But when the rug gets pulled out, when I see good people suffer bad things, I want my money back. I'm done. I'm out. I'm over it. And sinfully, often we turn that upset attitude towards God. Peter is saying, don't think this way. Don't be surprised. Live out what you know is truth. If suffering's not already here right now and at work, it's on your doorstep. It's down the street. It's on the bus
1: headed your way. That's what we need to be ready for, expecting every day we wake up because of where I live, because of how sins at work in people, today likely is not going to go well. The kids are, are going to
0: struggle. The, the circumstances, the stuff, the injustices, it's going to happen. But my joy is not in that. Church, we're
1: going to suffer. And this is especially true of those of us who belong to Christ. It's doubly true prosperity gospel churches and teachers are going to say come to jesus and it all gets better no no no. the bible says come to jesus and it gets a lot harder
0: but in a way that we'd never exchange that harder for giving up christ amen jesus made it very clear john 15 18 through 19 if the world hates you know that it has hated me before it hated you If you were of the world, the world would love you as its own, but because you are not of the world, because I chose you out of the world, therefore the world hates you. Church, I know that belonging to Christ is the greatest gift you've been given, that we could ever be given. Paul even says that God saving us means being gifted to suffer for
1: Jesus. Remember his words in Philippians 1.29, for it has been granted to you, gifted to you. For the sake of Christ, you should not only believe in
0: him, but suffer for his namesake. That's our gift. I get Jesus, and I also get to take up my cross every day and suffer for his namesake. That's Christianity. And so, Christian, if lately you've been saying, like, I just am done. I'm done with all this. I'm so hard. Get it. We need each other, and we need to labor together and pray. Pray for each other, hold each other up. Is it a gift to you to suffer for his namesake? I want to really press on that today. Is that your view of it? It was the apostles' view of it after they were beaten. Did you notice that? They rejoiced. They were counted worthy to suffer dishonor for the name. Before we look to that, though, slow with me just to consider the extent of this. It says they were called
1: in and they were beaten. They beat them and charged not to speak in the name of Jesus. Let them go. Official leaders, these aren't gangbangers. These are official government instituted cultural leaders with authority. Sanctioning a beating, instituting a command to not testify the gospel. We, We went through a lot of government instituted lockdowns loss of freedoms during COVID, but to my knowledge, none of us went through this. None of you were dragged,
0: beaten, and said, stop breaking our rules. This world's against us. The fallout of sin
1: is producing real and hard consequences for us every day. But that doesn't change why the Lord saved us and called us to this gospel ministry. And that's what we see in these faithful blood-bought brothers and sisters who came before us. Listen to their response. They're walking
0: out of the council. They're bruised. They're broken. They're bloody. They left the presence of the council
1: rejoicing that they were counted worthy to suffer dishonor for the name. They might have been limping, crying, probably real tears. This hurts. My broken arm hurts.
0: My bruised organs are in crazy pain. But they were rejoicing. Rejoicing that the Lord counted
1: them worthy to suffer dishonor for his namesake, for the sake of the ministry of the gospel, which testifies the grace and love and victory of our Lord Jesus Christ. The point I want to make sure we don't miss this morning is their joy church was
0: unhindered in a moment where we would often be very hindered. this is what makes joy in Christ different than happiness
1: that we're all too chasing and longing for that's based on our circumstances. We can't confuse the two. Our happiness is very dependent on how the circumstances are going, but our joy is not. Christian, you can be very happy because your circumstances are Great, or you can be very unhappy because your circumstances are miserable, painful, unjust. You can express that unhappiness and struggle. And I say you should, you should express it. We don't need to be people who put on masks. Our days are going to be hard. The, the, our biblical heroes who God ordained to write model that for us. We
0: just spent a summer looking at the psalmist, honest writing of that journey. We should
1: share our hardships with each other. We should not be surprised when the brother or sister says, I'm struggling.
0: Okay, I get it. I'm here for you. Let's talk. Let's seek Christ together. Got you. I don't need to put on a happy face to be a Christian. We need to be authentic with each other. We need to be like the psalmist who is able to lament and struggle and cry out to God in pain.
1: But we also need to be like the psalmist who rightly says to himself and to others, that pain and suffering and sickness and injustice is not my end. It's not my identity. Why? Because we who belong to Jesus as Lord have the joy of the Lord. Amen? We have a rejoicing that is absolutely cemented into us in Christ because of the victory of Christ over sin and death on my behalf. We have to understand that this joy is fueled by Christ alone, church. It's not fueled by your circumstances
0: or lack thereof. It's not attached to that. So this is how Paul could
1: honestly testify in 2 Corinthians 6.10 that he is truly, truly
0: sorrowful and yet always rejoicing. So important we don't let anyone or anything
1: steal our joy in Christ. You need to understand if you are lacking in joy in Christ, it is not because you have been given a lacking
0: amount of joy from Christ, but because you are letting that joy be stolen.
1: You are giving it away. You are letting it be hindered. How? By fixing yourself on something other than Jesus by saying and crying foul to something that's so major for you, it's undoing you. By hoping in or abiding in another relationship or a set of circumstances, and that's getting you. Listen, listen how Jesus speaks of himself as the good shepherd in comparison to the hired hand and the thief in John ten ten 10 through 15. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. He who is a hired hand and not a shepherd who does not own the sheep sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees and the wolf snatches them and scatters them. He flees because he's hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my own and my own know me just as the father knows me. And I know the father and I lay down my life for the sheep.
0: Because we live in a broken world that's full of sin and deception. Because we're at war with our flesh. We are going to constantly be tempted to follow the wrong people.
1: to to buy into the most recent narrative or the recent trend in
0: the world, in the church, whatever, and allow deceivers who don't love us to act as thieves. We can so easily, quickly follow deception. Deception
1: that presents itself as help, as good, as righteous, but doesn't honor the Lord, doesn't keep focused on His priorities and commands. Some of you are going through this lately. You've been immensely blessed by God in his gracious work in your life. You've been blessed to be part of a healthy church that is preaching the word with our best efforts to be faithful, to invest real quality time to disciple you, your family, to partner with you in parenting your children. And you've reaped huge and great dividends and benefits and blessings of those good grace-filled gifts that God gives to the church and you've matured, and you've seen amazing change from the old you, the old ways, the old ways the marriage was, and the kids were, and the home. you've seen growth. Does it mean that suffering is absent, hardships? Absent? No, right? We've made that clear. But God has been gracious and at work in mighty ways. But then you let circumstances start to pull you away. You let that joy begin to be hindered other voices to start feeding you with ideas that you need something else. You need something different. You need something better. You need to unplug. You need to pursue this or pursue that. We don't need a new remedy. We don't need a new playbook. We don't need other people to lead us. We need to be faithful to the Lord and his word and his ways to run the long race together.
0: Amen? We need God's provision of his word, his church, his faithful shepherds, and the good shepherd. We need to not let any of these other things steal our joy, hinder our joy.
1: Christian, we must be so mindful for those who will tempt us away from the good things of God, from faithfulness to his priorities and what he's put in our lives from living for our lives and making our days about God's kingdom to start
0: really making our days about our own kingdom. That temptation is on any of us, any turn in the road.
1: Deceivers and thieves come in all shapes and sizes. They can be people you love. They can be people you're close to. They can very well be things that seem righteous and right and narratives and ideals and 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 pitches, and movements that, like, this seems good. And so I pull away from a radical devotion to Christ and his church and to disciple-making, and and I'm slowing down and spreading the gospel because I'm busy with my stuff. Brother, sister, are you letting your joy in Christ be hindered by your circumstances?
0: If you are, you don't need something new. You you don't need something to change. You don't need something you don't have. You need Jesus alone. You need to abide in Christ in all things. And not just for a
1: season, but for all seasons until He ordains to take you home. You got to remember that for people who are bold and active in the church, in the gospel ministry, in disciple making, it doesn't get to this place where it's all real rosy. It gets to a place where most of these
0: people where it's really hard, really costly. They died doing it. But they stayed faithful. They kept abiding in him, hoping in him, growing in him. Jesus says, only when we're truly abiding in
1: Christ will we produce a lasting crop of the fruit of the Spirit. A a visual way to say this is, are you in a place lately where you're looking at your tree, you're looking at your crop, and you're like, man, it's not like it was. And so you're thinking, I gotta go get connected to something different in my life,
0: whatever those variables are. No, the only way that the crops produced is Jesus. Jesus says in John 15,
1: 5, I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. Galatians 5, 22 to 26, the fruit of the spirit is love. And joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and faithfulness and gentleness and self-control. Against such things there is no law, and those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. And if we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited and provoking
0: one another or envying one another, but abiding in the Spirit. Are you, are you in that place lately? You're looking left. You're looking right, man. Oh, but it's so easy for you. Oh, it's so good for you. Oh, you get married, got not child. The answer is not an envy in envying each other. That's a distraction. That's a hindrance. Abide in him. Christian, you are complete in Christ. You have all you need to thrive in the, through the Spirit
1: by simply abiding, remaining, trusting in Jesus, letting Him sanctify you. It is not something you're trying to acquire. Joy is, joy is something you have because Jesus is in your life. Praise God that Jesus is our true and lasting source of joy, for we are known and loved by Jesus our Lord. This is good news. Did did you catch it? John 10, 3 through 4. The sheep hear his voice, and he calls his own by name and leads them out. When he's brought out all of his own, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him, and they know his voice. Hear this today. If, If you have surrendered your life to Christ, and he is your Savior, your Lord, your good shepherd, you are one of his elect, his saved sheep.
0: then he knows you through and through. He, he knows all of your wicked nonsense, your ugly stuff, and yet he still says, he still knows you, he still lays down his life for you. He still chose you. He still is the good shepherd our lasting source of unhindered joy. We must not lose sight of this truth. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep in place of the sheep. If you're here today and you are not belonging to Jesus, then you will pay the price your sin deserves. Someone will lead you. But there's only one worth following to the end, unrelentlessly.
1: We need not just any shepherd, we need the good shepherd. Amen? For you were strained like sheep, but now have returned to the shepherd and overseer of your souls. 1 Peter 2.25 If you're listening to this now or
0: later and not saved, if Jesus is not yet your Savior and Lord, there is urgent news. And there's good news that God is still gathering His people, His elect. And I pray that it's His holy will that you repent and believe and are saved by grace under the finished work of Jesus Christ in your place. Yes, we will suffer and yes life in Christ is full of joy. L- listen to Jesus words again John 10:10 10, 10, The
1: thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. Other translations say have it to the full. Both of these are true for the child of God who is who is still in exile In this time and place, Christian, this is true of you. If you're here listening, we will suffer and we do have fullness of joy in Christ. So I ask you to apply it and do business and take inventory this morning. Is your joy full?
0: Is it unhindered by your circumstances? Is it on display for others to see? Or are you allowing something or someone else to hinder it?
1: Are you hoping and abiding in something else so that
0: you are forfeiting the fullness of joy you have in Christ? If it's being hindered, you gotta do business with how or why. What are you looking to to fix your stuff? And if that's you, do you see that your very pursuit of that is your problem? Why? Because Christ alone is your source for lasting and complete joy.
1: Scripture I've been really blessed with in studying the Psalms myself in these last years and months. Coming back to again and again is
0: the richness of Psalm 1. Hear it with fresh ears this morning, church. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, or stands in the way of sinners, or sits in the the seat of scoffers.
1: But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on
0: his law he meditates day and night. He's like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in its season and this leaf does not
1: wither. And all that he does, he prospers. The wicked are not so, they're like chaff that the wind drives away. Therefore the wicked will not stand in the judgment nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous for the Lord knows the way of the righteous but the way of the wicked will perish. Psalmist is giving such wonderfully practical counsel here. Those who lean into the ways, the values, the wisdom of the world will be like chaff that's so easily
0: blown about by the storms of life. Those who abide in the Lord, hold
1: fast to his word, his promises, his teaching, and obey his law will thrive.
0: And bear fruit in life's seasons. Church, you can't have it both ways. Can't follow two masters. Can't hope in two different idols of the heart
1: can't rejoice in the Lord's gracious work to save us and grow and mature in the faith for a while, but then turn to personal agendas or family traditions or modern cultures, thinking or reasoning. No, we must remain fixed on Christ and his word
0: and faithfully walk accountably with his church if our joy is to remain unhindered. This can happen. How do we know? Because God ordained that it's testified to us again and again and again in Holy Scripture. For those of you who have floundered, you found a way to the sidelines, you've lost your
1: childlike faith and joy for God and the ministry He's called us to, then I say this morning, return to your first love. Renew your commitment to the good things that God used to bring you to faith, to help you mature in your
0: faith. Don't complicate it. Don't graduate from it. Don't, don't overthink it. Don't let their, your circumstances have their way with you.
1: No, let Christ, the good shepherd, love and lead you no matter if you're in the valley of the shadow of the death or in grassy fields and flowing streams of water. Know that he is with you and he will not forsake you.
0: Don't lose sight, Christian, of your first love. I pray that we heed Christ's warning to the church in Ephesus in Revelation 2, where he rebukes them for abandoning the love they had at first. Remember,
1: therefore, for where you have fallen, repent and do the works you did at first.
0: If not, I will come and remove your lampstand from its place unless you repent. This
1: brings me back to our passage. Church, we cannot forget that one of the very central reasons why the Lord has given us a new day on this rock, in this creation, in this exile land, is his commission for the church. It is his call to those who bear the light of Christ that we are his witnesses to the gospel, to a lost and sin-riddled world. Hear the testimony of those in our passage again. They left the presence of the council rejoicing that they were counted worthy to suffer dishonor for the name. And every day in the temple and from house to house, they did not
0: cease teaching and preaching that the Christ is Jesus. Are you thinking that these people
1: were different than you? Their circumstances were easy. Yours is not. That's why
0: every day you're not a light of the gospel to those God puts around you. We like we we subconsciously really build ourselves up as something special.
1: Is your joy in Christ causing you to be radically committed to spreading the gospel and making disciples? One of the major. Threats to the church in many circles and many reform circles is that we get so focused on ourselves that we have no true heart ache for
0: the loss that we were once among who need the light of the gospel. So focused on our own lives, our own families, our own schedules, we lose sight of the purpose of our lampstand. to shine that light of Christ to all those that God puts around us. The early church Christians trusted God.
1: They did what God commissioned them to. I want you to revisit Acts 1.8 with me. Before he ascended, Jesus commissioned the believers. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria
0: and to the ends of the earth. Jesus is saying, I want you to go back to Jerusalem stay in Jerusalem. That's where this movement's going to begin. But you got to remember fresh what just happened in Jerusalem. 40 days earlier, Jerusalem had made it pretty clear about what they thought about Jesus and his followers. Jesus' whipped, beaten,
1: tried, crucified, buried. Jerusalem's the place where they could lose their lives, where
0: the hunt is on. We see it in our passage today. They're not messing around. And yet the scriptures
1: testify what they did. Why would they do that? Why would they stay? Why would they not run? Get out of that wicked place. Get out of of all the oppression they were getting. In faith, they respond in obedience to what their Lord had commanded them to do. Because they understood that I am his. And so many of you who are experiencing real hardship and setbacks and ailments and temptations, you are not alone. Hear that today. The scriptures are literally filled with the testimonies of our forerunners who went through these things and harder things and remained faithful. But this didn't stop the early church from remaining radically faithful to fulfilling the commission God put on their life. But here's the problem. The problem is our temptation is to listen to our flesh to be overly attentive to our
0: circumstances, and then to get sidelined. We need to listen to the Lord. We need
1: to joyfully press on until He calls us home, trusting that He will do His work in His time. Pastor Rob taught on Wednesday, question 43, the Word of Truth Catechism. This is right before us, church, and I just pray we are not missing it. I pray you are not done being challenged by
0: Wednesday's lesson. How should we love God? We love God with all of our heart. We do this by trusting in Jesus, enjoying Him, treasuring Him. Growing in our knowledge of Him, believing His words, obeying
1: His commands, and showing and telling
0: the world how great He is. Can I just ask you to be honest? How often
1: are you showing and telling the world how great He is? How often is your mouth Opening, risking, testifying, challenging people dead in sin with the light of the gospel. That's our commission. That's the thing we won't or can't do after glory, but
0: we're assigned to do it now. And the enemy's got a lot of Christians with their mouths stopped up, distracted. Jesus said in Matthew 5, 14 through 16, You are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be
1: hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on a stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. Christian, this testimony, this witness, is not just for the people on your street, at your workplace, in your shopping centers or entertainment arenas, and it is for all them. We need to risk more with them. We need to. Recognize and pray our way into the grocery store and pray our way out. Who might you help me to be a witness of the light of the gospel more than just getting
0: a box of riceroni? To really make purpose of those moments. But it's also for those in your house. Can we not skip them? Are you being a light
1: to your spouse, to your parents, to your children?
0: The gospel is bright in their company, and you're not finding a way to keep the peace and stick it under a basket. In the
1: same way, let your light shine before men, that they may see your good deeds and praise your Father in heaven. Jesus is pleading with us in this passage, don't put your light under a basket, let it shine.
0: Do we need to get kids' songs out this morning? because so many of us and this is this is the heavy
1: heart i have coming back from sabbatical and helping us lead us in this next season
0: we've gotten really comfortable with it being under a basket and god gave us today and he might not give us tomorrow
1: and if he does give us tomorrow will it be hard will we suffer will there be injustice yes
0: And we should not be surprised. And does that hinder? Should it slow us down from the ministry he's called us to? No. No. The danger is in the church, you and I have really learned to like it in here. So we don't really take time to witness the gospel to those out there.
1: Our learning, our disciple making efforts that we do here as a church are so we can prepare to testify out there and make
0: disciples to the law, starting in our home and to all those he puts in our path. I want to encourage all
1: of us to be careful to not get overly focused on ourselves and our interests and our family and our kingdom so much so that we miss
0: that these days are for his kingdom. Saved and commissioned to build his kingdom. The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. May we labor to the end, stewarding these days well to the end. Will we slip and slide? Absolutely. We need each other.
1: We need to circle back to the first love. To, we need to circle back to identifying
0: the things that are hindering our joy and, 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 and go forth together. My plea is that we are careful to not let our joy be hindered by our circumstances and not let our
1: testimony of Christ be put under a basket. Let's be reminded of these faithful in these three verses and all that they are to us under God's ordination. So church, I commission us, before we slow to step into the gospel of Luke, are you praying for the lost that are in your life and in this city? Are you excited to be given audience with them to testify? Are you willing to risk it all to love them enough to share their desperation for the
0: Savior? I pray our hearts break and our lives are moved for those he puts around us to fulfill that commission. Teach them, baptize them, raise them up, disciple them, and be that witness. I'm praying for us to run the long race together,
1: church. I want to be part of disciple making and training up the next generation, not just for this generation. Oh, Lord, don't let us run out of gas in one generation. I want to be part of raising the next
0: generation with you. And if the Lord might ordain it, the next generation. We got a long way to go. If God would be so gracious to let us serve him that long.
1: I don't want to do this just once. I want to do this as long as he wills. And I want to do it with you. I plead with you. Let's take good inventory of this this morning. Let's memorize question 43 of the
0: Word of Truth Catechism. I'll read it again. How should we love God? We love God with all of our heart, with all of our soul,
1: with all of our mind. We do this by trusting in Jesus, enjoying Him, treasuring Him, growing in our knowledge of Him, believing His words. Obeying his commands and showing and telling the world how great he is. Are there things on that list that you once did really well, but you kind of have grown tired of it?
0: Don't renew it. Renew it. Return to your first love. I'm excited
1: for what God is doing in so many of our flock. I'm excited for the ways he's refining us and turning us around. And, and I know I've moved long and far from telling the stories of old. I'm going to do it this morning. I
0: know we've got a lot of the kids in here today, so if you don't like it, it's for the kids. Story I shared a long time ago. So a soldier who was tired of fighting the war, scared that he would die. Lost hope. He lost direction. He fled the battlefield. He's done. Hoping to return home. In the darkness
1: of night, just lost in the woods, he stumbled on a, on a road sign.
0: He was just so done with being lost and so out of gas. He, he couldn't read it though. It was too dark.
1: Taking out a match from his field bag, he lit it and he climbed up because when
0: he was holding it low, he couldn't illuminated, he climbed up, he wrapped his arm across the cross beam and he didn't climb an outdoor sign. Climbed an outdoor Catholic crucifix, still embodying Jesus on it. And just as the Lord does with many things that are not theologically right. Why? Cause Jesus ain't on the cross anymore. Amen. He's looking in the face of his Savior. And remember, he remembered he wasn't alone. He remembered his mission, his purpose, that the war was really hard. But he needed to stay the course and finish what he started. He wasn't fighting for himself. He was fighting for his master. He returned to the battle. I love you all so dearly. There's no other place or people I want to be to run this race with. May we run it well. May we run it God's way. May we run it long and until he calls us off the battlefield with our death and graduation to glory. Let's be sure not to make these days in
1: his ministry about us, but about our Lord, his name, and those he plans to save and sanctify as a result of it. Acts five forty through 42 when they had called in the apostles, they beat them, charged them not to speak in the name of Jesus, and then let them go. They left the presence of the council Rejoicing that they were counted worthy to suffer dishonor for the name. And every day in the temple and from house to house, they did not cease teaching and preaching that Christ is Jesus.
0: May this be our testimony as well, by God's grace and for God's glory. Pray with me. Lord you have so blessed us with your word.
1: And this is a gift because we needed to not just hear it once. I can't recall how many times you've used this passage to stir my soul.
0: And here we are again, and I pray that it is of a fresh work to hear
1: it fresh to hear it new to hear it in a way where the holy spirit is working on us convicting drawing out confession of sin drawing us to Jesus the source of our unhindered joy drawing our eyes off ourselves and our stuff and our circumstances and remembering the purpose for which why you have us here I'm excited about Testimonies that I'm already hearing about the launch of midweek and the gathering of, of our families, new families, longstanding families, new generations of, of kids now in the, in the room, new, new levels of children and new layers of our training and foundations, women, women. Humbly diving in to grow and to be godly women, men diving into your word and the Proverbs to be shaped, to be challenged, to be moved, solidifying us with the truths of your word, the different ways that we're getting to pray for each other, encourage each other, walk together, do that work in us now and ongoingly. Excited about where you'll take us in the coming weeks, months, and years in the Gospel of Luke, Lord willing. Excited to be your bride, your church in
0: Bakersfield, California, in this time, this era, for your holy purposes. We love you. We worship you. We look forward to what you have in store. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.